I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen Listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig with details. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped us into the people we are today. Who are pretty charismatic, if I do say so myself. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird. So, Vanessa, today I'm so excited. We have our first guest we actually went to high school with. Yes. So that is so exciting. You know, listeners probably know we grew up in Cleveland, and sort of the theme of today's episode is going to be jobs we had, or first jobs. And so, you know, we both had a lot of jobs growing up in Cleveland. Maybe we yeah. talk about that a little bit. What were some of the jobs you had? Well, the one that really comes to mind as like my first real job in Cleveland was I worked as a hostess at Bravo Cucina Rustica which you may have remembered, I believe it was part of Eaton Collection, which is a beautiful collection of (laughs) (laughs) shops and and restaurants. And I was a hostess. One story that I remember being really funny was that they told us when they were doing like our training for like the new hostesses and servers and stuff, they were like, the people who come to this restaurant who live around here, they're like not the nicest. They're kind of these like rich snobs, but they have a lot of money to spend. So be nice to them. Keep in mind, we lived probably like five minutes from this place. <laughs> this isn't going to help for like the comments we've gotten about being like really privileged. But anyway, they're like, but they've got money to spend. So be nice to them. So then part of my job as a hostess was I had to talk to people like the entire time from when they were like at the host stand to when I sat them. And this was right after college. I worked there and they were all people I went to high school with like parents. So like 
I was so excited to see them. And like, I'm just like, probably not surprisingly someone who always got along with parents. So it was like, I always knew who everyone's parents were. And I was like having the, and they had to like, talk to me. They were like, Vanessa, like you can't talk to people that much. Like you have to like do your job, which I was like, I thought this was my job. You hypocrites. Anyway. Wow. Yeah. Pretty awesome job. Jonah, what about you? I had a few pretty good ones. The one I think I had the longest was working at Kids R Us in Mayfield. Golden Gate or East Gate? I got those confused. One of the two. And I worked there for a couple of years. I just worked there because I had a couple of friends there. And what's crazy, I was thinking about it. I actually think I kind of got fired, but I didn't realize it at the time. <laughs> yeah, you've talked about this. Yeah, Kind of a lot of jobs where I kind of think I got fired, but didn't really realize it. But I called in sick to work and I went on Channel 5 News and I performed acoustic guitar with <laughs> this girl at our school, Margot Breslin. She had a CD called That's the Way It Is Today. And she had this kind of Tori Amosy sound. I was going to say it was very Tori Amos. Yeah. The point where it was like, okay. This must have been after I graduated. This was probably... I don't even remember that name. Yeah. I think I was probably like 17. This was probably towards the end of you were maybe a senior on your way out. I think she was your year. Margot. No. Margot O'Breslin, she was our next door neighbor. Remember they, they oh. bought the house oh, yeah. next to us. It was me and this guy Michael Gableman went to school to play drums for her. Yeah. And we performed on the news and I met <laughs> the newscaster, Stephanie Schaefer. Oh, who you were like so into. Yeah. She signed a headshot for me. I had like one of those dare shirts. I remember her being like, is this like ironic? Like, is this guy on drugs? Because I had like a shaved head and like I was like full jinkos. We played on the news and then I went into work and my boss was like, hey, Jonah, we saw you on the news yesterday. And I was like, oh, yeah. And she's like, you like called it out sick to work. And I was like, yeah. And she was like, yeah, you don't have to like come in the rest of your sh-. I think I was leaving anyway. It's like she was like, you don't have to come in for the next couple of weeks. And I was like, OK. And then that was sort of it for the job. So it sounds like you were fired. Yeah, it sounds like I was fired. <laughs> but I think I was like leaving anyways, but it got cut kind of short. But I don't know why I didn't just tell them like I have to go play this thing on the news. Yeah. So I don't know. Anyways, that was a <laughs> fun trip down memory lane. Today on the podcast, we want to get to our guest. She's a musician, songwriter, producer, who's performed in bands like La Tigra and Men. She's touring, doing a live score for this documentary, 32 Sounds. They just got an amazing write-up in the New York Times that featured a photo caption that says, Samson demonstrating the wonders of a whoopee cushion, which is like the best caption I've ever seen in the New York Times. It's amazing. But most importantly, JD went to high school with us back in the 90s. Let's welcome our friend JD Sampson. Hey, JD. Hey, JD. What's up? That's the best bio. Most importantly, <laughs> I went to high school with you. Yes. <laughs> most importantly, I'm an orange lion. Yes, you are an orange lion. At heart. Yeah, I think I might be the only person in the history of the New York Times who was photographed with a whoopee cushion. So cool. Incredible. That's my newest claim to fame. A really cool claim to fame. I mean, I feel like every time we talk, I think about, you know, and I know like not is cool now. Maybe all the stuff has come out about him, but us going to meet Marilyn Manson at a piercing store kind of sounds like the most 90s thing ever, right? How did this happen? I don't think I know this story. In my memory, Howard Rollins, who is now a very famous body, what do, what do you call it? Howard, I think is like one of the few people in the world who like tattoos people's eyeballs. Yes. And splits people's tongues and yeah. body modification. He's like yeah. a body modification doctor and he travels all over the world doing it, touring. It's kind of amazing. But in my memory, he wanted to go and you were friends with Aaron, his brother. No, uh, Lee, Lee, his younger brother. Lee. Aaron was his older brother. Yeah. Sorry. Yes. It's okay. It's a long time ago. <laughs> right? And so it was like me, Howard, you, 
Lee and maybe Meredith Silverman. I don't think Meredith was there. I think it was just the four of us. Yeah. And I remember going in your car, you had some kind of station wagon with like a tapestry in the ceiling. Is that true? It was a Buick Skylark. Okay. And yeah, it did have a tie-dye tapestry on the ceiling. Okay. So I remember going... I remember I actually have like a signed thing still from that meet and greet. They were playing at the Fantasy. I think I went to the show and I remember there were not many people there. I think this was pretty early on in their career. And I think it was their guitar player, Daisy, had a shirt that said, fuck you, I have enough friends, which is such an incredible shirt to wear to a meet and greet where you're supposed to kind of like (laughs) friendly. Yeah. I kind of just remember looking at the shoes. Like I was like a bit disinterested. I never was like into fame or something. Like I was like, whatever. Marilyn Manson, I guess people care about him. Where's the shoes? Where's the steel toe docks? Yeah. You know, that was like the only place that had Doc Martens, right? In like the whole city. It was. (laughs) My parents' friends owned like a shoe store at Beachwood Place and they were able to order me some Doc Martens, I remember. That was chain link addiction. (laughs) I got my tongue pierced there when I was on my 18th birthday, I believe. I wanted to do my senior project there. Wait, what is chain link addiction? Wait, that was near the fantasy or? This was a piercing shop where they had the sign. Oh, I see. It was also a place I would go for piercings when I was like, you know, in the 90s. It was right by the Euclid Tavern, which I don't know if you ever were there. Many times. But it was in movies. It was in really some Michael J. Fox movie. Really? We'd have to Google. Yeah. Yes. I played the Euclid Tavern many times in high school. I was there on my 18th birthday in which I did no dose. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I saw a random band who I ended up meeting in my adulthood and was like, wait, did you play at the Euclid Tavern on August 4th, like 1995 or something? That is amazing. What band was it? I forget the name of it. Did they remember playing there? They were like, I remember playing there one time or something. You know, they didn't remember me being like one of five audience members. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I found out that you were in La Tigre through this zine, Skyscraper. I was reading this zine and you were giving this interview and you were like, Talking about your tattoo, you're like, I'm from this place, Pepper Pike. I have a tattoo of Ohio with thing on Pepper Pike. I like couldn't put it to like I almost couldn't fat. I was like, oh, this must be someone around the same age as me. But like I couldn't fathom someone from Pepper Pike was in like a band with Kathleen Hanna. And then I finally was like, okay, same last name. I was like, this has to be this. And then it was you. I mean, that's so incredible. You were like, connect the dots. Sarah Lawrence College. Yep. Feminism. Yep. Art. Yeah. I think you might have sent me the article, Jonah, or you definitely like showed it to me or something. Very cool. So JD, were you, I think you you graduated a year before me. Well, I think I was two years older than you. Two years older? Were you in Meredith's class? Yes. Yeah. So I was two years older than you, but I hung out with a lot of people in your grade. My parents always said they should have held me back. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) What kind of music were you into in high school? Basically only music by lesbians. Only music by lesbians. Okay. Yeah. Like I would go to the bookstore Was it Borders? Yes. At the time, Borders was probably the bookstore to go to. Yeah. Naomi Kotler worked there and so did Dan Oringer, my best friends at the time. 
and they worked in the cafe there. Okay. Like on Chagrin down a bit, you know, where a giant eagle is now or something. Anyways. Yeah. Jonah's got some history with porters. <laughs> <laughs> I may be sort of partially responsible for them going out of business, but you know, we talked about that. Oh, I had gosh. a little scam going over there. Well, I used to go to the magazine section yep. before the internet existed. And I would just read the gay magazines because that was the only gay culture I could find. And I would find out about bands that way. So I noticed that my Ohio accent is coming out in this conversation. Is that because of us? Yeah, I think so. Uh -oh. <laughs> I think so. But yeah, I would look at The Advocate and Out Magazine and all these other magazines just to find out what lesbians made music. And so it was more to me about identity than genre. So I was into Ani DeFranco, The Indigo Girls, Melissa Etheridge, even like Sarah McLaughlin, I really liked, Same. but also I liked Tribe and Team Dresh and like some of the punk bands that were recognized by some of those magazines. So yeah, I was kind of like into following the queers. So it was like less genre based. Yeah. It was like all over the map as far as genre. Totally. I also was really into ska though. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Did you go to any ska gigs? Yeah. I saw the Toasters. Nice. At that place in the flats. I don't remember what it was called. There was the Odeon, Peabody's. They're all gone, I think. No, it was another one. I can't remember. Okay. But yeah. And then there was like Mustard Plug. They were from Michigan. Saw them. I also saw them at Denny's after the show. So that was kind of awesome. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, totally. JD, you know what my memory is of you? Because I think we were only in high school together for one year because we had high school in eighth grade. And so you were probably a senior when I was in eighth grade. Yeah. Didn't you have a Mean People Suck t-shirt? Uh, Yeah. <laughs> in fact, I had a Mean People Suck t-shirt and a Mean People Suck bumper sticker. <laughs> nice. I remember like you walking around the hallway with like a mean people suck shirt and being like, cool. That's like a tough slogan, but it's like about being nice. Well, I felt like my senior year, I was like, I was really anti Orange High School. So it was like, I felt like I needed to rebel against the people there. And I was like, you're all me. Yeah. Be cool, man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're spreading a great message. On that note, I think we're going to take a quick commercial break, but we'll be right back with J.D. Sampson. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. 
you'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Jean Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. And we're back. Yeah. So Orange High School, we graduated. Then you went to Sarah Lawrence. And then you did the zine interview. <laughs> that's basically what happened, right? Most importantly, yes, I did a few zine interviews. In my life. Yeah. You know what's so funny is I interviewed Kathleen Hanna when I worked at Alternative Press, which was like my first job out of college. And we were doing like a most anticipated albums thing on La Tigra. And I was like, I went to high school at JD. She was instantly was like, did you guys date in high school? And I was like, no, we didn't. But it was so, I thought it was so funny. That was like her first question. And that is so weird. We didn't. No. We skateboarded together, though. Did we? I was really bad at skateboarding. So I was just saying poorly. That's poorly. So, yeah. I mean, I tried so hard, but yeah. it was just not going to happen. I got into skating like after college, I tried to get back into it and I would go to the skate park before work in the morning and I would come in all sweaty <laughs> and like I was the only one there like seven in the morning or eight. And it, I had to give up on that dream, I think. I just remember like skating at the temple. Okay. The one like on Brainerd? The one that was like kind of conservative that was by that Brainerd Circle. I was going to say, is it B'nai Shuren? Is it the one that Maybe. probably near where Gwen lives, like near like Belgrave and stuff? No. Well, I don't know. This one was like... Is it that one that was that big circle? Yeah, it was by the circle, but it was by like where the Pepper Pike City Hall is. You know, there? I think it might be B'nai Shuren. And I'm sorry to keep saying that. Yeah, maybe. But we were skateboarding there with like Manic Panic, like wide jeans, whatever, on Yom Kippur. Whoa. It was like the most fucked up thing you could possibly <laughs> do. <laughs> like on the holiest day for Jews, we were just like... Tearing it up. Skating. <laughs> I mean, aren't you supposed to like not do work and rest? So like in some ways, is skateboarding restful? Are you supposed to rest or is that another holiday? I feel like there's a lot of Jewish holidays where you're supposed to rest. Well, you're supposed to fast. Right. And you're supposed to like atone for your sins. Right, 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 right. JD, were you hanging out <laughs> a lot at the metro parks during this period of your life oh yeah i went there every day of my life okay and dunkin donuts yep were you at dunkin donuts <laughs> the stolen dunkin donuts <laughs> yeah yeah that was sort of like my weekend hangout pretty much every weekend my friend brian mcconville was i, I told him oh yeah. yeah yeah i was having you on the podcast and he was like ask jd about squaw rock i was like oh yeah <laughs> you know that was the metro park thing but yeah i mean i think we were in a lot of the same spots a lot yeah. but i think we're both maybe yeah. kind of shy also yeah was coffee and creations there oh when my you gosh were, yeah yeah did you hang out there at all jd that felt 
an adult. Yeah. It was like a mature place to hang out. Like maybe you'd go on a date there or something. Oh. It was like very much like Arabica. Arabica. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, it felt like our Arabica. Do you know that all Arabica's closed? No. Isn't that crazy? Every single one? I actually don't think that's true. I think I looked into this actually pretty recently and there are <laughs> actually are still a couple. <laughs> I think I actually sadly <laughs> looked into this. You know what's crazy is I remember JD, I'm sure the other like Dunkin' Donuts Metro Parks, the other hangout, obviously, Coventry. Oh, yeah. I just remember, like, speeding home in my Buick Skylark, 1987 Buick Skylark, so fast because my curfew was, like, I can't even remember. Maybe midnight. That seems late, but whatever. And I would just be, like, at the Lander Circle, like, flipping around so fast so that I could come home by my curfew from Coventry. It was kind of far away. It was yeah. kind of far. It was, it was like far. a 20-minute drive. Yeah, but there used to be an Arabica there, and I remember Jewel did her, like a free show there. Whoa. <laughs> I don't know if you remember that. That was, And I've tr- actually tried to look up the show on the internet, and there's no record of it. I'm a, and I was like, it was right when she was getting really popular. I remember everyone's like, Jewel's playing Arabica. It was like a big deal. Whoa. So I didn't go. I would just sit outside there and like, are my friend Dan, but they're and like maybe Lee, but there were like very few kids in our school who are into like punk. So I feel like I would oh, just yeah. go there and I had so many friends from other schools because there was like no internet. And so we would just like Well, my whole thing about Coventry and just all the places you're mentioning were like in Cleveland, there weren't enough people to like have a bunch of punks. It was like all the freaks. Yeah. So it was hippies, punks, like skinheads, metal kids emo kids, goth kids, whatever. Like we all hung out together. And I remember playing spin the bottle at Coventry with like the most random group of people ever, just like the coolest kind of menagerie. And that that was a cool thing about Cleveland. It's like there weren't enough freaks to make a bunch of different communities. It was just the freaks. It's interesting now because I feel like that like alternative subculture or whatever you want to call it, like is almost like a mainstream thing or it's just so much more prevalent. But I think it's hard for people to realize like back in the 90s, like you were pretty weird if you were kind of into this stuff. Like it was not as accessible. Totally. I was going to say it might seem like that stuff is like only cool now or whatever. But I remember like I was just talking about this. Sorry, on another podcast yesterday, but that when I was sick, like JD, when I was in ninth grade, I had leukemia and I I lost all my hair and I I went to Coventry with like a bald head and I felt like so cool. Like I finally felt like I fit in in Coventry. And so like, I remember going into the store that sold like bongs and stuff. Remember there was like a store that sold like sunshine. Yeah. Sunshine. And I remember like, I knew nothing about weed, but I was like, this looks like a good pipe that I like. Like I was just like, <laughs> like I like bought skull caps and stuff. And I was like, I was like, these people probably think I'm so punk because like, I don't have any hair and they probably think it's like on purpose. And so like, I remember like walking around Coventry and being like, I guess I'm the queen of Coventry now (laughs) because I thought I looked so cool. Just to say as someone who like more of like a, I don't know, like mainstream person, like when I went to Coventry, I was like, I'll never be as cool as these people. Except of course, when I did have like a bald head and I was like, you know, again, queen, (laughs) queen of the town. (laughs) I think we're learning one thing. Coventry makes you feel included. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Special, safe. Now, probably not. Now it's probably like a Chipotle or something. Well, Tommy's is still there, which is my all-time favorite restaurant. And I plug it every chance I get so they'll send me gift cards. <laughs> Vanessa is on the Tommy's website as 
celebrities who have been here. Oh, that is awesome. They had me sign a menu once when I was there, when I was like first on SNL, like my friends were so excited because like we were just all obsessed with Tommy's. And then like (laughs) my friends would go there and they'd be like, they still haven't put your menu up, but it looks like they've got a menu up from Adrian Grenier. (laughs) They're like, he's not from Cleveland. Like, why aren't they putting your menu up? Anyways, I was pretty pissed. I think they took all the menus down now, but now I am on the website. (laughs) Well, I got to tell you something. I'm on this website and they have famous customers. Customers, uh-huh. And number one is Adrian Grenier. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then uh, you are actually the last person on the list. Not, <gasps> I don't think it's like ranked. I think yeah. you're the most recent. Stephanie Schaefer, the newscaster whose show is on. She's on there. Amazing. Jonah's room, I want to just say, was covered in like punk <laughs> band like posters and then like a signed headshot of Stephanie Schaefer. OK, go ahead. Molly Shannon, who's, you know, on Vanessa's yes. new TV yes. show. Oh, I have a good story about her. Too. You do? OK. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much Alicia Silverstone, Derek Hess. Drew Carey, Ellen DeGeneres. Ellen? <laughs> Rachel Ray, Patty Smith, spelled wrong, Danny DeVito, all kinds, Dave Coulier. Wait, will you send me this list? Because it's basically, you know, that question of like, who would you like to go to dinner with? Yes. This is my list. <laughs> <laughs> I'm putting it in the chat. But JD, we really would love to hear your Molly Shan story, of course. I think Molly told me she's friends with Tommy, by the way. Whoa. No way. I didn't even know there was was a Tommy. I didn't there either. is. And one time I did like a stand up show at like Cleveland State. And this one girl came and she was like, here's some gift cards. My uncle is Tommy. And I was like, what? He exists. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> well, one time it was Thanksgiving. And you know, in Cleveland, nothing is open on Thanksgiving. Right. And my mom really needed whipped cream. And the grocery stores weren't open. Nothing was open. So we went to Davis Bakery, which was across from the Eaton collection of <laughs> yes, stores. Yes. That was open. So my mom went in and she got some whipped cream and she was at the cash register checking out and she saw a woman and she said, I recognize you. How do I know you? And it was Molly Shannon. And Molly Shannon said, I'm on TV. Maybe you recognize me from TV. And so my mom was like, come with me. I have to show you to my kids. <laughs> my sister and I are sitting in the oh car. My God. And at this point, I think we're like 20 and 23 or like something like that. And we're sitting there and out walks my mom with her arm around Molly Shannon <laughs> doing high kicks. <laughs> and we were like, horrified, horrified. And Molly Shannon looked also horrified. <laughs> That's my story. It was very uncomfortable. That's really funny. But nice of Molly to... She didn't look too happy right. about it. <laughs> I, but, I, you know. <laughs> I can't imagine I would be very right, happy about right, it. But, right. you know. I think it, she probably would remember it. I'll ask yeah. her about it. She is the nicest person. And I feel like I've heard other stories of her being so nice to people's parents. Yeah. You know, she's a shaker cow. I love her. I own the VHS copy of her movie called Superstar. Superstar. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Starlight? No, not Starlight. Superstar. Yeah. So JD, speaking of your mom, yeah. you know, the topic today really quick is first jobs and not my first job, but I did work for your parents briefly. And thinking back, I think this is actually another job where I kind of got fired from, but didn't really realize it during my teenage years. But I worked one party. Your parents did party planning, party decorations, kind of. I don't know exactly what they did. I was like 17. I was sort of, what was it exactly? It was like my mom's business. And she was kind of like trying to make extra money. And she actually did this job so that I could go to summer camp, which I learned That's later. so in life, nice. Really so nice. I know. And what camp did you go to, by the way? I went to this camp that 
is now closed and it was called Longacre Expeditions. And Andrew Watterson went, I don't know if you knew him because he went to U.S. actually. Okay. He transferred to U.S. like during high school, but he was an old family friend. I don't know. It was kind of like we heard about it through the grapevine and it was like an expedition camp where you like learned how to live in nature. Whoa. And it totally changed my life because I think we were like really stuck in this bubble in our suburbs and it was very great to get outside of that and like work with a team of peers to tackle a mountain you know things like that yeah anyways so my mom had this job of party decorating and she was an artist so she made sign-in boards and names and lights and centerpieces those were like her big things basically and she would integrate a lot of balloons into her parties yeah and so that's what i remember the most is putting balloons on tables blowing up balloons putting balloons kind of everywhere welcome like you're driving the entrance is a balloon i don't know where it was i can't remember but just a lot of balloons and your dad was there too yeah he always helped out yeah and i remember it being a pretty good party set up and then i think i had another one lined up and it was the same night as like my junior prom. And I like, don't think I was like super organized. And I think I gave your parents very little notice. I was like, uh, wait, I'm supposed to go to prom that night. I don't know. (laughs) And I never don't think I ever heard from them again. (laughs) But again, at this age, I was not super on top of things. I never heard a complaint. You didn't. Oh, interesting. That's That's actually really nice to hear because I was was actually in the back of my mind. I was like, did I mess up the plans? Were they counting on me and I didn't show up? Okay. It seems like Jonah, a lot of the times that you got possibly fired from jobs could have been avoided (laughs) by you simply saying you had a conflict. I don't think I had any sort of calendar. I don't think I had any (laughs) sort of system of organization. I think I just, I don't know how I made it anywhere. I think I was like, well, it's Friday. I go to Dunkin' Donuts. It's Saturday. I go to come. I don't know. I guess I go to school. I don't know. Yeah. 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 Did you have any sort of interesting jobs when you were kind of growing up or in Cleveland or first jobs? Yeah. I think my first job was at Bernie Schulman's, which is actually now called Marks. Marks. Yeah. Which I think is funny. Why did they change their name? Yeah. But the one in Solon, I worked there. For those listening that don't know what Bernie Schulman's or Marks is, it's kind of like a, at the time, it, it was like a discount grocery store. You know, you could get school supplies pharmacy items, but, but it was all kind of discounted. I don't know. Yeah. So I was a checkout person there. Well, I actually, first I was a bagger and then I moved up to a checkout person. And was that the one, wasn't there, do you guys know what I'm going to ask? Wasn't there a rumor about Mark slash Bernie Shulman's that like someone found like a, like a, this is true. Yes. So I know a lot about this. I'm putting this in it. My my friend Aaron and his brother got matching Mark's tattoos. 2018. Not this, Bernie Shulman's, but not Mark's. Bernie Shulman, but Mark changed to Mark. But yes, and I, I've talked about this extensively, and I found something on the internet once, and I can't find it anymore. I feel like this podcast brings up all like the weird stuff I was looking up. Something happened where like something fell in a warehouse at Mark's, and there were like human skulls or something in this thing and they had to like trace it back it was like because they always bought weird stuff at like discounts from auctions or something and it was like some kind of crazy archaeological thing and they did investigate it and i'm pretty sure this is true and i'm pretty sure my friend who got the marks tattoo might know more info about this i'm pretty sure they would (laughs) (laughs) that is horrifying i I hope i don't get in trouble this for this but there were totally mice and other creatures. Yeah. yeah, I think there was a lot. And Mark himself, I've looked him up. He <laughs> does like no press, is like very private person. It's a very kind of interesting 
interesting place. I mean, did you have anything kind of like crazy happen there or was it more kind of what what was it like? Well, I feel like I have to say that learning how to bag grocery items well is something that I've really taken with me through the years and yeah. I pride myself on it. When I check out at the grocery store, they're often shocked with my ability to, you know, make space and make equal weight bags. Do you think it's translated to other skills, like when you're packing a van full of gear? Yes, exactly. I was, yes, spatially, I feel confident. One thing that happened that was so weird was there was a tornado one day and it like came through town and we all had to like duck because it was all windows in the front. Whoa. Right. And that was really scary. And then we got to take off early. It was next to a Kmart, I think. I would see some of my mom's friends checking out and it kind of made me uncomfortable. Like I was too shy to like deal with my parents' friends in that capacity. Yeah. You're but. different from Vanessa in that <laughs> Yeah. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> let's chat. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my God. And then they'd like give me $5 or something. I was like, thanks. I don't know. It's very weird. But you know, I mostly remember like my girlfriend coming to pick me up or like things like that. It was a it was a cool job, but I went back there during COVID actually to try to find some Clorox wipes, and there were none. Um, and I witnessed somebody getting in a fight about wearing a mask. Actually, wow! So and you're like, I'm back in Ohio. <laughs> yeah, I was. <laughs> do you think that Mark? Because Jonah, you're saying there's a Mark who doesn't do interviews. Do you think that Bernie Shulman was the name of the first person who owned it, and then he sold it to Mark? It's actually incredibly disappointing to myself that I don't know the answer to that. <laughs> well, it's funny because so far we've talked about Tommy and Bernie Shulman and Mark, but we haven't talked about Corky and Lenny. Oh my god! Oh my god. <laughs> okay, now I know that currently Danielle Stein was in your grade, right? Yes. She was in my grade. So Danielle and Jared Stein's dad, Mm -hmm. I believe is one of the newer. And by newer, I mean, within the last 20 years. Earl. Earl. Is it Earl? He owns it now, right? (laughs) With someone or is it just him? I think he still does. I used to see him there, but you know, COVID kind of like shifted my understanding of what was happening at Corky's. So... I'm not sure. We were actually there last summer. Yeah, we were there last summer. I got to be honest. (sighs) I love it. Go back every time. I'm not crazy about the renovation, which probably happened like 10 years ago. Oh, yeah. Maybe longer. I don't know. Here's my thing. I'm just not into like TVs at restaurants and bars. I just, I I don't like the TVs everywhere. Well, it used to have these really kind of grand booths in it that it doesn't have anymore. And it used to have a picture of like a painting of who I believe were Corky and Lenny in the back. It's still in the back room, in the private room. Oh, it's in the private room now. But it's like, why hide it? Isn't that kind of the whole thing? But yeah, (laughs) it looks a lot more modern now. There was sort of like a regalness to it before. Yeah. Yeah. And there was one at Cedar Center also. I don't know if you remember, but my... I don't remember Yes, my grandma... And grandpa lived closer to that one. So we would go to that one too. But I promise you that the matzo ball soup tasted different at that one. Not as good. It was just different. It was just like a different flavor. They closed first. And that's where the original painting was, I think. (gasps) And then they brought it over to this one. But I agree. I think like the hominess of it kind of, you know, 
went away with the renovation, but I'm sure it's easier to clean now. Yeah, that's the whole thing is like as much as like I miss the way it was decorated when you used to go there, you'd be like, what's going on with these pickles? I had a friend who worked there, this guy, Josh, who worked there in high school. I'd be like, oh, that's so cool. You worked there. And he was like, don't don't eat the pickles. And I was like, oh, I love the pickles or so. And he was like, don't eat them. (laughs) And I remember, of course, I ate them anyways. But I think he was... This might be slander. We might have to take this out. This is a rumor. I don't know. I mean, (laughs) this is what someone told me in like 1997. I mean, that he was basically like, we just recycled. Things have changed since then. This is pre-renovation. Yeah, Yeah, that was a long time ago. Old owners. Now you have to ask for pickles anyways. I know. Which, I don't know what I like less. Like the recycled pickles are like, I got to go out of my way now and ask. Right, 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 right. That's not my phone ringing. It's it's my colleague's phone that rings in his office whenever his phone rings, even if he's not there. But we can move on. Sorry. Well, we should move on because it's time to go to our next commercial break, but we'll be right back with J.D. Sampson. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks streaming exclusively on Max and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. And we are back. Okay, 
JD, so we are finally going to play this game. It's called Change.Dork. <laughs> Change.Dork? The premise is sort of making fun of people who don't know how to use Change.Org. Are you familiar with the website Change.Org? I mean, you're probably making fun of me here. And like, I get emails from them every day, but okay. I don't. So we're not making fun of people who are putting up like socially minded petitions. We're making fun of the fact that there are a lot of people putting like really insane, ridiculous petitions up there. And so I go online and try to find some of the craziest ones. And we're going to read off three of them. And then at the end, we each have to pick the one petition that we would sign. Yeah. And these are real petitions from Change. These are real petitions. So, Vanessa, I don't know. Do you want to start out? Do you want me to do it? Sure. Do I'll, I'll do this first one. OK. Which I had a hard time figuring out what year this one is from. This is from 2006. OK. OK. This one is called Save Geauga Lake. Only the water park remains open, but even that is due to close its doors for good at the end of its current season. Its current ownership is with Cedar Fair Entertainment Company, who plans to completely eliminate the park in favor of a shopping center with restaurants. The Cleveland Center has no shortage of these familiar retail developments. Uh, Then they name a bunch of them. And then they say, do we really need another original Cheesecake Factory? No offense, Cheesecake Factory. We love you, but we already have you on the east and west sides. Fortunately, what is lacking in this area is traditional fun where kids... And the young and young at heart can be kids. So they're just saying, other than community center pools where membership or residency is required, there are no swimming facilities in the area, a need which has been fulfilled by Wildwater Kingdom. Basically, what they're saying is, you know, Geauga Lake is supposed to close. They want to put in like a shopping center, like an outdoor mall type of thing and like residential housing. And this petition is saying this is a good place for kids. The water park is important. Just before we get an answer from you, I just want to say... This was shocking to me because I understand Geauga Lake as like an amusement park. But the fact that they're saying like we go there to swim is like, wasn't the one thing you were told as a kid? Like, <laughs> don't go in the water there. It's just covered. And maybe it's just our dad telling us this, <laughs> but just like kids just pee in that water all the time. I don't know. That's what I feel like we heard. Like, I feel like we go there for everything but the swimming. This person is being like, this is like a big swim place. Anyway, go ahead. Are they talking about the lake to swim in or are they talking about the water park to swim in? Yeah, that's a really good question. I think they're talking about the water park. I think they're talking about the whole thing, but they're saying only the water park. I guess the rest closed. This petition is sent to our state representative, Sarah LaTourette, the senator, Sherrod Brown, the governor, John Kasich, and the U.S. National Park Service. Am I supposed to answer now? No. No. You're going to answer at the end. But I mean, do you have any memories of going to Geauga Lake as a kid? I have so many things to say about this. I mean, my dad worked at a sand and gravel mine that was really close to it. So if you were at the top of like one of the roller coasters there, because it used to have roller coasters. Yes. Yep. Is it just a water park now? Yeah. Well, you could like see his sand and gravel pit from up there. So like that area was always like really cool to me. And also like, I believe that it should be more of like a wildlife zone protected wildlife zone that's what i think and i don't think they should make any more strip malls yeah 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 so it opened actually in 1887 whoa and the big dipper you know would have turned 100 in 2025 i like the idea of just regional kind of theme parks also it seems like they're so corporate now they're all kind of six flags like i like the idea of like 
local regional theme parks. Oh, and I remember going there and seeing these like water skiing shows. Did you remember oh, that? Where there so was like crazy. 16 people water skiing off the same boat and they would like go do a pyramid and all this stuff. Well, wow. there was a SeaWorld also very close yes. to there, right? Yeah. Yes. And Cedar Point wasn't that far, right? Or was that yeah. in a totally different direction? It was significantly further. Yeah. It was a day trip. It was a day trip. Yeah. One thing I remember about going to all of those amusement parks, like if we would go like with school or like with friends, or whatever. I don't know if you guys remember this. People were like so into buying fudge. And I remember being like, who does this? And like, I'd have friends who were like, I'm going to go buy fudge. And I'd be like, who taught you this? Like, at what point in your life were you like, oh yeah, old timey fudge. That's what I like. (laughs) Like, it was just, I had never heard of it. And everyone was acting like it was like, that's what you got to do at the amusement (laughs) Well, I think that like, somehow it's a tourist thing but why like it's just the same fudge everywhere i don't mean this like in a whatever way but is it just like as jewish people like we never (laughs) ate fudge like i just remember like i feel like megan gutman and stuff like being just like i gotta go buy like the fudge and i just was like what are you doing like why don't i know about this (laughs) i feel like i learned about it at mackinac island because i went to camp seagull for like one year which i hated by the way but it closed too, so it's not... You had fudge there? Yes, it was like everybody wanted to eat the fudge at Mackinac Island. And so that's where I learned about fudge. I don't remember the fudge thing. I remember Mally's Chocolate and like getting like a letter J or yeah. something. And being like, this is my go-to <laughs> holiday Hanukkah gift as a kid. It's like, I would get like, I'd go to Mally's and I'd get everybody a letter, <laughs> a chocolate letter of their name. And I remember one year they like didn't have any J's or they didn't have like any T's for our dad or something. So I just got like a bunch of B's. But yeah, that was my go-to thing. Do you also remember it? The chocolate roses at Mally's were like completely hollow. So it was like, oh, this is actually bullshit. (laughs) So were the Easter bunnies, I think. Oh my God. Yeah. But man, love Mally's and it's still there. So please support it. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Our second petition. So I picked these before we had this conversation. And this actually relates to something we talked about earlier. The petition is, and keep in mind, change.org, you know, website known for you know, in the name is change.org, kind of social change. Give us a ska station in Grand Theft Auto 6. You know, with five main series entries as well as a decent share of spinoff entries, we've yet to have a Grand Theft Auto game with a ska radio station, but people deserve it now more than ever. Please, Rockstar, make this happen in Grand Theft Auto 6, which is sure to be in some stage of development at this point. With such a huge variety from its roots in Jamaica to two-tone and even third-wave ska punk, this could easily be one of the best radio stations to date. There are 34 signatures on this. They're trying to get to 100 <laughs> from two years ago, and it's sent to Rockstar Games. JD, what do you think about having a ska station in Grand Theft Auto 6? I don't know how many stations there are on Grand Theft Auto, so it's hard for me to say whether or not it should be included. But, you know... Maybe you could just integrate some ska into like the punk channel or something like that. I don't know. But in related news, I found out the other day that the guy, Mikey, that owns Mikey's Hookup was in the Dancehall Crashers. Yeah, I actually had Mikey on my old podcast talking about Dancehall Crashers. Yes. Yeah, I've known that. 
Yes. I have no idea what you guys are talking about. Dancehall Crashers was like kind of like had a really big song in the 90s. They were kind of one of these like crossover. They were like no doubt. Yeah. What is the store? It's an electronics kind of store. In, is there still one in Williamsburg? There was one in Williamsburg for a long time. Yeah. I think there's one in LA actually. Oh, really? And what's it called? It's called Mikey's Hookup. It's like an electronic store. He had okay. a ping pong store for a while. You can hear his, his whole story. But it sounds like it's like a national chain. No, it's not a national chain. No, it, it was actually like built for me musicians who were on tour who like needed things like in an emergency situation and now it's kind of like where you go when your computer dies and you don't know how to you know charge your mouse or something got it yeah got it they're like certified cool cool jd have you had any of your music in video games do you know kathleen has i don't think i would probably know so no I think it might change my account information, my bank account information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this is an interesting petition because I associate Grand Theft Auto with being like a very violent game. Mm. I see Scott as being kind of like not a really super aggressive kind of music. So I think it's like weird to be like listening to specials and then like you're like smashing your car into some building or something. But I don't know. What do you think, Vanessa? I don't understand this (laughs) position because um, in your car you play radio. Yeah, I believe there's like different radio stations you can like tune in. And I think it's actually like a lot of like heavier bands or stuff will get their music on Grand Theft Auto. It's kind of like a marketing thing, basically. Got it. Got it. Got it. Okay. Yeah, I'm kind of agnostic about it because I don't... (laughs) truly understand it but let's go on to our third petition um this one is called make butter pecan a permanent dunkin flavor the hardest time of year is the time spent without butter pecan flavoring at dunkin donuts leading up to this season others have shared the sentiment with me as we anxiously await it the one month and occasional entire summer of butter pecan is not enough we petition to have it implemented permanently not seasonally to improve the quality of life for thousands upon thousands of customers, coffee drinkers, and humans. So this is a coffee flavor. Okay, we should not be subjected to waiting months <laughs> on end for a flavor to come around that so many love. Butter pecan is different than our other specialty flavors that come around once a year in every aspect of its taste and experience. Here's another thing that these people do a lot is they try to use like really big words to be like, this is actually important. <laughs> well, so because it sounds like Vanessa kind of doesn't understand this petition either. <laughs> I'm going to sort of basically butter pecan is like, I guess, a flavor Dunkin Donuts has like seasonally. And this person is like, they should have this year. No, round. I understand that. But is it a, a flavor of coffee? It sounds like they're talking about the thing is they're not clarifying in a way that is. Well, the picture is an iced coffee that says butter pecan and then an iced latte that oh. says butter pecan. That has a lot of whipped cream on it. It's a coffee, I think, which is like make butter pecan coffee a permanent Dunkin' flavor. That's no. I think it's like a flavor syrup or something. Go ahead, JD. It's like the mint milkshake at McDonald's or whatever the heck. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I do not like flavored coffee. I like black coffee. (laughs) And I also don't like butter pecan. It was like the ice cream that my dad always got. And I was like, this is gross. Like who wants... To eat ice cream that is like so rich. <laughs> what was your go-to kind of like when you were hanging out at Dunkin' Donuts? What were you, were you ever buying anything or were you just kind of more hanging in the parking lot? I think I was just hanging in the parking lot. I can't imagine even ever buying something. Maybe I bought something for like someone else. I just feel like butter pecan, like no one's like, hey, I'd love a butter pecan iced latte. Like it's like, <laughs> I think the fact that they do it for like one month a year is because probably it like makes people feel like, 
oh, I can only get it now. So maybe I should try it. And then they probably try and they're like, oh, this is disgusting. (laughs) So I'm not going to do it again. But like, it feels like a year round option for this feels unnecessary. I got a drink like this a few months ago because I used the Dunkin' Donuts app. I actually haven't been using it because I got my own (laughs) espresso setup here. It's way better. Before I had my own setup, there was like a special on like one of these flavored lattes. And I was like, I'll just get it because it'll be like cheaper and I'll ask for less. And it was so sweet. Like it was like undrinkable. And to me, like, yeah, these flavor coffees, it's like drinking candy or something. This person really loves it. And to be fair, none of us have tried it. And to be fair, this has 573 signatures. They're trying to get yeah. to 1,000. And so at least 573 people are buying it. And there's probably about a 1,000 Dunkin' Donuts chains, probably more. So that's at least one in every other. I'm not going to do the math here. Where do you think they're like getting these signatures? Like, is this on a Dunkin' Donuts like fan Facebook page? It's a really good question. It's something I've wondered about. This says 570 they have signed at a thousand signatures. It's more likely to be featured in recommendations. So oh, I think I like see. the more signatures you get, like the more momentum it gets. But I, how are people discovering it initially? No idea. Is the person who made this petition posting it on their social media sites? And by that logic, should we all post a petition for something that we really want. Yeah, like maybe we should petition for Quirky and Lenny's to give free pickles again. Yes, bring back the pickles (laughs) without asking. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So JD, which petition would you sign out of these three? Keep Geauga Lake free from strip malls. Is that what it's called? (laughs) Something like that. Vanessa, what about you? Mine would also be Keep Geauga Lake, even though I, I did realize that this petition was made after the amusement park was closed and it's just a water park full of piss. <laughs> I still wouldn't want to keep it. Jonah, what would yours be? Yeah, unfortunately, this petition did not save Geauga Lake's water park. It closed in 2007. Right. It probably is. Let's hope it's a wildlife preserve. Probably it's a wildlife preserve. Yeah, I would go with this one too. Yeah, not into the flavored coffee, the Sky and Grand Theft Auto. I, I don't think we no. necessarily need it. You know, I like Scott Punk, but don't need a Grand Theft Auto. JD, what are you working on? Where can people sort of find you if they hear this podcast and they were like, I got to know more about JD Sampson? I'm working on 32 Sounds on tour. We're going to be doing some more dates all over the world, which is fun. And then I'm doing a show with La Tigra in August 2022 for a festival in Pasadena called (gasps) This Ain't No Picnic. And we haven't played together in like 15 years. So it'll be real weird. Wow. And fun. Oh my God. That is going to be incredible. That's going to oh be my great. Gosh. Yeah. We're going to be like middle aged feminists on stage, you know, with Phoebe Bridgers and stuff. Incredible. Oh my God. That is so exciting. <laughs> That's so cool. Great. Well, yeah. Well, thank you so much for coming by. Everyone, check out 32 Sounds. Check out La Tigre if you haven't listened to them. And if you like this podcast, you can rate it, tell your friends. Keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird, where we will discuss more stories from our childhood and cultural milestones like first job. Yes. Go OHS. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, Somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. 
Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX on May 10th and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.